as Father said, the beginning of Mass, we've gathered together to worship just a few short hours before we gather once again to celebrate our annual celebration of the birth of Christ, our Lord and our Savior. Our first reading this morning takes us back a thousand years before the birth of Jesus to the time of David, king of Israel. But to really understand the significance of this reading, we have to go back 300 years more to Moses on Mount Sinai receiving instructions for God on how to build the Ark of the Covenant. Moses gathered together artisans and followed God's command and built this ark. And in the ark was placed the Ten Commandments. Later, it would be filled with the golden globe of the manna that they used in the desert. And finally, it would have the the staff of Aaron. It was built in such a way that it would be seen by the people as the throne of God, the footstool of God, showing his presence among his people. And so now we fast forward to David's time, and we find that that ark has been so much a part of their history that everybody can quote what has gone on in the past. They can tell how the ark was always with them when they went out to battle. And they remember that one day, when the ark was captured by the Philistines. Now the Philistines took it to their temple, placed it before their God, and the next morning when they woke up, their statue of their God had been knocked over, and a plague had entered the people. They threw it out into the plain of Urim, and the people of Israel found them, and they rejoiced because forever God will be with us. And they recalled the time when David tried to move the temple or the ark to the temple, to the city of Jerusalem. And as he was taking it there, the tabernacle started to sway. A man reached up, tried to balance it, and was struck dead. David stopped that thing and left the ark and says, I cannot bring it in. To the city. A little while later, things are good. He finds that where he had left the ark, that family has been blessed and life is treating them well. So David continues his conquest, he establishes his kingdom, reunites the twelve tribes, builds himself a splendorous palace. And he's sitting there thinking to himself, life is good. Peace is reigning. We should eat, drink, and enjoy this time. Then he gets this thought, wait a minute. I'm in this splendorous temple, this splendorous palace. And all of a sudden he thinks of the ark and he says, why should it remain? Why should it remain in a tent? Let's build a temple. Nathan, his prophet, said, You know, David, that's a good idea. This would be really a sign of God's presence in our midst. 
in a temple in your capital city. Nathan goes home. God speaks to him and said, David will not build a temple for me. He has too much blood on his hands. But because he thinks this way, because he believes in me, I will make a promise to him that his generations to follow will always rule over the people. They will be their king. Solomon does build the temple. And it's a grand temple. And for 400 years, the promise has been kept. The kings of Judah are from David's lineage. And along come the Babylonians. They surround the city. And one faction said, the prophets are telling us we should negotiate. We should deal with the Babylonians to save our people, to save our city. Another group was saying, the God of the Ark of the Covenant is with us. No one can beat us. They failed to listen to God. The Babylonians defeat their army, destroy the city, and the Ark of the Covenant disappears. As they're in exile in Babylon, the people remember the promise that was made that a king would come and reestablish David's kingdom, and that king would rule forever. And that king would have to be anointed. The Hebrew word for anointing is Messiah. And so for 40 generations, the Hebrew people look forward to the coming of that Messiah. And if we fast forward to today's gospel reading, we find the moment has arrived on which that promise is going to be fulfilled. And the angel comes to a virgin in a small town in Galilee and announces to her that he has found favor with God and that she will bear this son. And the son will rule over the house of his father, David. And Mary says to them, how can this be? How can this be? So much like you and I, when we try to think about our faith. How does this work? How does it apply to me? How am I to respond? After having the answer, she says, let it be done unto me as you have said it. Today, this morning, Jesus approaches each and every one of us. And he pauses to see if we will welcome him. So the question becomes, will we? Will we welcome our brother, who is like us in all things except sin. Will we embrace the prince who is the prince 
of peace. Will we bow down before the King, who is the King of kings? Will we open our arms and our hearts and our minds to our God, the Lord of the new and everlasting covenant? That's the question in front of us. How will we respond? I know for my family and I, we will follow God to the best of our ability, hoping that that love that he offers us, that forgiveness that he is willing to give us, will become truly welled up in my heart to such a point that it will flow out to all who cross my path. A little while ago, those people in the literature field and in the history field changed what you and I learned about Jesus. We always said, as I was growing up, the two Latin words, Anno Domini, year of our Lord. And we recorded the years as they went by. Now they've changed that to BCE and CE, before the Common Era or the Common Era. And boy, have we joined the Common Era. We have turned away from God. We have heard people tell us that the faith we believe in is antiquated, it no longer serves any function, and we are fools for living it out. To them I have one answer. It was an answer given to me a long time ago in the seminary. And I said, how do you explain all this? And Professor Me says, for those who believe, no explanation is necessary. For those who do not believe, no explanation is possible. But there is a way in which we can show God. We can show God by loving him, by loving our neighbor, by making him one with us, so that all our actions lead to that day when each one of us will pass. And hopefully we will hear the words, well done, good, and faithful servant. Come, come into the place prepared for you from the beginning, the foundation of the world. For I have kept my promise to you and to all of creation. <laughs>